What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress podcast. I'm your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you season six, episode three. To be honest with you guys, I have recorded this intro a couple times because it's just so weird to do this at home, alone, constantly, this podcast. So thank you for listening and making me feel a little less alone. You guys have been really, really uh, responsive this season and chatting with me on Instagram, and I hope it makes you feel a little better like it does for me. Uh, It also makes me feel a little better when you share this podcast with a friend. So this week, instead of rating or reviewing, I think you should send this podcast to a friend. We all have that one friend who's like, oh, I should listen to that podcast or "Mm, I want to get into voiceover. Here you go. Have an episode. (laughs) Guys, I hope you're uh, holding it down out there. I hope everyone is doing okay. I don't have a ton to offer you besides a voice in your ear to maybe make your day a little bit brighter. Um, But seriously, I know there's a lot of uh, concern about the stay-at-home order being extended and when things are actually going to happen. So I'm going to try and continuously bring you up-to-date recordings of people and when they're happening and what's happening from what I know. So from what I know right now, Los Angeles is considering extending. I mean, come on, guys. Like, we all knew that was going to happen. We all assumed we were going to be stuck here for a little while longer because it's just not just a switch we can turn on and off, you know? So hunker down. Get comfortable. I hope that uh, if you need anything, chat with me on Instagram. Maybe that'll brighten your day a little bit. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I've recorded this too many times. Let's get to the podcast. Uh, Before I say this, I also want to say that – I recorded this podcast uh, three weeks ago now, and right after I recorded this podcast, I got a voiceover audition for Jasmine, my agent, the guest, and I booked it. So after taking her advice from today's podcast, I booked my first audition afterward. That's pretty cool. So today we are diving deeper into the voiceover world, talking with my voiceover agent, Jasmine, at TGMD. I have known Jasmine for as long as I've been involved in the voiceover industry. She has been a champion for me in so many ways, and um, this call was actually really nice for me because I got to hear some more new information from her that I'd actually never heard before. We talk all about how to keep your voiceover career going in the current time period, the things you need to do, how to work with and talk to your agent during these times. Um, So the first half of the episode is very much catered toward people who already have voiceover representation. We talk about doing your auditions well at home, the things you need technology-wise. We also talk about respecting your agent, getting your auditions in early, and some special tips and tricks she gives us. And then the second half of the episode, we really focus more on unrepresented talent, what she is looking for when she looks for new talent, how she finds it, and how she recommends you start your voiceover career if that is something you are just now looking into doing. So I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode since voiceover is really the one industry that hasn't come to a standstill at this point. Um, So please enjoy Jasmine Rangel from TGMD. So, so yeah, so I just wanted to talk to you about the voiceover world and, you know, all the things you've learned because I know you've been in the business for so long now. And, you know, I think it's a, a particular side of the, of the acting world that 
is kind of because it's so behind the camera, I feel like it doesn't get as much attention and there's like things that people don't understand and like the rules aren't as clear cut as, you know, we know with day-to-day acting stuff. So, so why don't we just explain to people like, so you're my voiceover agent and, um, we met mm, nine years ago. (laughs) So why don't you tell me like, uh, tell everyone a little bit about, um, your journey into the voiceover world. Well, I kind of fell into it. I didn't know there was a voiceover world. Um, When I graduated, actually my senior year in college, I was interning everywhere. Um, Nickelodeon, MTV, a a PR company, um, an Italian agent. I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, and I, I, I was there for my whole senior year, but I, it just, my schedule was so out of, out of control that it's, I did a few hours here, a few hours there, but I kind of encompassed like different areas of the industry. Mm-hmm. And this is way back when, and it so happened that the talent agent offered me a job and that's kind of was my foot in the industry. I didn't know anyone in the industry. It's just no one, no one I knew or, any family members, friends, no one was in the industry. So I kind of just got myself in there and it Impressive. started with interning. And then I went into then a talent agency hired me and I started as a receptionist. Great. Dates. <laughs> no, you don't have to say dates. <laughs> so what, so from, from that kind of world, did you start at, um, uh, was did you start at TGMD in the in the talent world or were you yeah. elsewhere before that? Another, I was at another talent agency. Okay, so um, from so. coming from that level, uh, I think it's so interesting because I think that sometimes we forget that the people who often start as receptionists and stuff are actually in this business because they enjoy it and they want to move up. Mm-hmm. Did you did you kind of know when you were once you kind of got your feet wet? Did you feel like you wanted to become an agent? At first, it was just an experience, but it was an area. I mean, you you don't think about voiceover as an as someone outside of the world. Yeah. you know, just a regular person. You don't think that there's a voiceover world. You just know people act. There's actors. There's TV shows. There's this, but you never think like that voiceover is, is, is like an area within the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it was just something that I got into. And when I started getting my feet wet, sorry, my alerts. Are, That's okay. <laughs> my alerts. Um, once I started getting my feet wet, it was just interesting and fascinating that you have, um, you have something to do with someone being on TV or on a, in a movie or on a voiceover project. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's rewarding, you know, just that your work has something to do with having that person on that particular project. So getting into it was, it was fascinating. And at first of all, it was a paying job too. So I was interested, but I didn't think it would lead me to where I, I am now. I thought it was just going to be a stepping stone and, I kind of just let it be, you know, fall in its place and then see where it leads me. Um, Mm -hmm. Here we are. 
it was what 2004 that's how long i've been in the industry as an intern i started as an intern and then i think that counts that's as soon as you start learning stuff i think that's when it counts yeah and then you're it's fascinating just everything that even as a voiceover or just in the industry and working at a talent agency it's all the steps that it takes to get your actor into an audition you know everything that happens between you and the actor before it even gets to the casting director or the producer you know there's like so many steps that lead to that process that lead just knowing what you have to do and what it entails to see an actor on TV or um, on a voiceover project. I love that. That's such an, that's such a mysterious area to all of us. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, so what is, so uh, obviously now you're an agent, um, you have your own clients at TGMD. Uh, How, how does that process, I want to go into later, like finding talent and how you, how you pick people and that kind of a thing. But I want to talk about what the voiceover world looks like from your perspective. What do you mean? Like so like when, so when, you know, uh, a casting comes out mm-hmm. to when someone books it, like what is that process you said where there's like so much stuff in between? Um, it, it, every, you have a different relationship with vendors, producers, it's it's different a lot of people use my experience i run the latinx department primarily Mm -hmm. so most of my projects don't necessarily come through those casting uh websites they i have a closer relationship so they get emailed directly to me so um you know when you get a project um i read it through i read the email that gives the specifics to the agent so you read the email um and then you look at the specs then you read the copy and then i look at my client list and just whoever pops in i don't like to typecast anybody sometimes i'll throw people in there that are not specifically the specs i like to think outside of the box i'm not one of those that that i have you under 20 to 30 you know or i I don't think that works for me for me Mm -hmm. It's just, I like being creative and sometimes I'll throw that wild card in there and see what happens. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works on my end where I'm like, oh, that was interesting. She came up with something really creative, so I'll submit it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like, all right, that idea didn't work out. So <laughs> I won't submit it. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll do the bigger casting where I'll send everybody and then throw in my wild card. And I'm very specific when, when I send those wild cards in there just because it depends on the relationship I have with the casting director. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them give you more of a leeway to play with it. Some are more strict than others. And they all have different criteria. So you have to respect what it is that they're looking for because you don't want to sidestep too much. I'm super curious about this area of voiceover because I feel like it's what really sets it apart from from on-camera auditions is that not only do you acquire the audition, but then you our auditions are, I feel it's like 95% of the time, are then given to you to submit for us. 
Okay, say that again. Meaning like, so you shoot me the sides to read, I record it and I send it back to you and you submit it. Right. So it feels like in this side of the world, in, in the voiceover world, most of the time, you guys kind of have the final say if an audition is sent in. Like you said, if, it's, if it fits the specs, if it worked out, that kind of a thing. Yes. But there's also, um, I listen to everything, everything that comes in. Um, and sometimes that's why I do encourage to add more than one take because I open the file and I listen to everything. And sometimes I'll play with your takes and I'll rearrange them or I'll edit them in a way where, uh, the, you know, some actors don't clean their auditions so I can mm -hmm. hear the breaths or I can hear the TV in the background. If it's something that I can't fix, then I'll send it back and be like, hey, um, you need to be aware of your surroundings when you're recording. Mm -hmm. There's still many that that don't pay extra attention to the recording equipment. So they there's the background noise. It's just an audition. It's not in, just an audition anymore. More and more people are recording from home and you're competing with people that have laid out studios now. Right. So when you're, when you're recording an audition, you have to have those things in mind because um, if yours is a great audition, but the sound quality is not great, it takes away from your acting. It takes away from the, from, from the submission. Um, that, do you feel like that? Do you feel like that reflects on, on you as the agent when you submit it? yeah it does yeah. it does because you guys are are we're a team i'm not i'm not of the mindset that that um you just have to listen to me and and just follow my lead no it's teamwork you put your 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 best work forward i put my best work forward and then together we make a team um i'm 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 a strong believer of teamwork because without you, there's no me. And without me, I mean, it's a little pretentious and there's no you, there is a you, but it's just, uh, it's a balance where yeah. you guys have to believe in your, in your team, because if you don't believe in your team, then what are we doing? You know, we're not in a, in a position to waste anyone's time, you know, at the bottom line, we all want to make money. You know, um, I'm, I'm such a straight shooter that I'm not gonna, um, for better, for lack of better words, blow smoke up your ass. Yeah. Because it's like, that's not going to do anything for you. Otherwise you're just submitting and you have no idea of what you're submitting is good or not, because I'm not saying anything. So I do edit. So I'll sometimes I'll like part, like, let's say you submitted to two takes of a project. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first part was great. And then the second take, the last part was good too. So I'll splice it. So I'll cut uh, a part of your take one and part of your take two and make it into a take one. That's so nice to know because sometimes I think actors are afraid to, to uh, give too many things because we don't want to waste anyone else's time. Um, so I think that's really good to know for people that that's that's something that at least one agent is doing for people. Well, it's also having communication with your agent, mm -hmm. you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no stupid questions. You know, mm -hmm. if you have something that is, uh, you have an idea or you have three ideas and you want to make it into one idea, who not better to, to balance that out than with your agent?
you know um yeah. i know some people don't make themselves so accessible to their clients and look we get really busy and sometimes it's really hard to get back at someone so quickly especially when there's so many uh conflicting deadlines yeah and yes. everything is due now you know you you're lucky if you have a 24 hour return on an audition a lot of times it's 12 hours and sometimes with animation they're a little more flexible mm -hmm. but it's um you know you, you have to feel comfortable that you are submitting your best work otherwise if you're not confident in what you're submitting there's something in voiceover that you can't hide the 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 um, you can't hide like for example in in tv or movies you know you have your 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 um body language you have your facial gestures you have all this that works with you to deliver the message with voiceover it's just voiceover you have to be even more vulnerable with voiceover because that's all you have just your voice to deliver the message to deliver the feeling i need to be able to believe in what you're saying otherwise you sound flat and otherwise it's like yeah no <laughs> but, but i don't believe you there's nothing that stands out from the rest of the reads i do yeah. think that's really interesting because i think there's something to do with uh uh voiceover that i'm i've noticed as I, I mean, I, listen, I haven't, voiceover has never been like my number one skill. It's just always something that like I love doing, but I will say it feels like, uh, there's something about it where, yes, of course there's people who do voices and animation voices, but on the whole, especially for like commercial voiceover and that kind of thing, it really is very much your voice and it feels very vulnerable. <laughs> Absolutely. It's true. Because you can't hide. You can't hide behind a costume. You can't hide behind a prop. You can't hide behind anything. Yeah, it's like nothing to do with your cute little actor face. No. <laughs> you can be so pretty and just, you know, and be flat. So, oh, man. Um, you can't hide. And, and the mic picks up on everything. So if you're having a bad day, I can tell when you're having a bad day. Because if the consistency of your submissions is different, then it's like, okay. She either wasn't feeling it, and you can tell when people are not are not doing their A game. You can tell it exposes you in ways that it, it fine tunes our ear, mm -hmm. so I can hear everything. I can hear a breath. I can hear a lawnmower. Even if you try to minimize the sound, I can hear it. Um, and then I can even hear like your your spirit you know, your enthusiasm into it. There's some people that are, they just, you know, they're just kind of checking in or just checking a box and they're not really invested anymore. Mm. You know, you get those too. And sometimes you, it's hard because it's, you want to have a roster where you have a, a, a big range, but at the same time, you want to have a team that believes in the teamwork that we're all doing yeah know? you have to do your part i have to do my part and that's how we create booking and bottom line if you're not booking no one's making money how do you think actors can work on these skills by themselves because i will say that's the one thing i sitting at my desk recording a voiceover obviously i don't have a studio i just have 
you know, I put up curtains and I do the best I can. Occasionally, if it's like a one hour turnover, I'll do it in my car. Um, but how do you think they can work on voiceover skills? Because sometimes it's hard to know when you're at home alone recording, what is good? Um, I would recommend watching TV, the, the commercials. That mm -hmm. will tell you the trend, the current trend. So listening to uh, radio commercials um, or just watching commercials and kind of seeing what's what's the thing right now. The more real you are, the better. It's not, don't act like you're trying to be someone, just be yourself. You know, there there's a thing, you know, here's the script and here's you. You have to find a way where it meshes and I can still see you through the script or hear you in this case, hear you through the script. So I can read the script I know what it says, but I need to be able to hear Sam come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, otherwise, we can all read and we can all read those lines. It's just making those lines come to life and making those lines reflect who Sam is. How do you feel about actors taking uh, a liberty with the script then if they change a word or if like something's supposed to be, you know, something's italicized or bolded and because voiceover, it feels like that's all you have to go on is the way the words are written and how they're written. So what are you, what are your thoughts on that for auditions, especially? Sometimes the editors don't take so kindly that you change things around. Mm -hmm. So even if you think it's wrong, I, I, I think it just depends depends on the project you know when I send you an audition I try to be as thorough as possible so it just depends who, you, who it is for animation I wouldn't take those liberties just because um, you have to keep in mind who your audience is you know if it's a, a, a project for six-year-olds or you know or uh, teenagers or this you know there's certain things you can't do and then before the script got to you, it went through so many other people to get to you. So you're dismissing the work of all those people that are getting paid to make, to come up with the lines that you now have to audition for. Yeah. So I wouldn't take that many liberties, especially with animation, but with other things here and there, I mean, maybe ad lib a little bit, like a breath or a, you know, something to just help you form this, this character. Um, it just depends on the project, to be honest. Um, I always I know feel like you guys wouldn't know that we don't, but ask your agent. Mm, I love asking questions. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I like when people ask questions. I don't mind, you know, and especially if it's helping you creatively. Yeah. You know, I'm not the actor. I'm not the one sitting in front of the microphone, making myself vulnerable to critique to rejection. So I can understand it, but at the same time, time it's I have to be honest with you otherwise you're not gonna book anything you know? I, yeah I mean I feel like I, I try to think of voiceover as an extreme close-up to where every breath you take is magnified by 10 oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. but, it's like, but you know what if if you don't talk to your agent if you don't communicate or otherwise if you're just punching in and sending in auditions I don't know how invested you are in your voiceover career you know, asking questions um, or, or 
calling your agent and say, hey, I have two ideas. Which one do you think I should go with? You know, having that open community, I really encourage having that open communication. It depends on the relationship you have with your agent. It also mm -hmm. depends on the actor and it depends on the agent. You know, everybody runs their department differently. But I do encourage the communication because sometimes I can help you tap into something that you didn't know you can get into. Mm. Um, I a lot of times I've worked with you guys in the booth it's not always available because we're all so busy but sometimes you know I like to record you guys in the booth because then I can push you you know or sometimes I'll think of something and I push you in a direction that you didn't even know you can tap into a lot of times you, there's a lot of self-discovery that happens inside the booth when we're working together yeah even, i love that's my favorite i love to be in a booth and being directed that's my i mean obviously doesn't everyone love to be validated and told good and bad notes but that's my absolute favorite it's 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 i think it's a stepping stone to getting to a different a different level of something mm -hmm. you probably you know it's it's hard I mean I put myself in your shoes you know you're in your house by yourself maybe you live with other actors or have friends that you can kind of bounce ideas off of but at the end of the day they're not you you know and then you can have 10,000 ideas for that one project so I get it you're shooting in the dark you know but it's like if if like for example we're working on a old navy spot you know look mm -hmm. at old navy spots what is what are what have they been working on lately and then kind of see what the trend is what the vibe is what the feel is and then use that to help you form the character you want to do for the spot i sent you you know what i mean it's 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 kind of doing a little bit more not just a lot of actors what they do it's like oh i got an audition for my agent so tomorrow at 12 i'll work on it at 11 the next day I can tell, I can tell because it's just, it's flat. Um, mm -hmm. They're not offering anything different um, and it sounds the same, you know? And when you sound the same every single time, it's kind of, it also gives us a sign. It's like, well, how invested are they? Mm, you know, so we're going to go the extra mile for someone that just plots it in. Are there other common things you notice among voiceover actors, especially because, well, right now, uh, during this, this time in quarantine, you're getting sent all the auditions from home. Are there other things you notice across the board that you would like to pinpoint as do's or don'ts? Um, I would say don't wait till the last minute to submit an audition. Um, there's also just read the email. A lot of most don't read the email. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of most. <laughs> most, you know, the, it gives you ideas. It gives you clues. I try to be so thorough in the emails. And a lot of times it may look the same, but the information is slightly changed. Mm -hmm. And it just, you also have to think that the email I'm sending you is with information of, of, of that particular casting director or producer who's looking for talent. But every casting director and producer has different needs. Labeling needs, recording needs, some don't like that you slate, some like that you slate up front, some like the post slate. You know, it's just reading your emails because, um, and labeling your projects and cleaning your own auditions. Um, that's a lot of time that gets taken out of our time because it's a good audition and I want to submit yours, but now I'm stuck editing, relabeling and doing all this for you that you could have done on your own. And then that way I'm more 
most of my time is used at checking in with you and like, hey, can you redo take one? Can you redo take two instead of me editing, uh, cleaning it up um, or relabeling it? Yeah. It's just if, it, it also shows me that you're not that interested or you're not that invested. So why should I take up 20, 30 minutes of my time cleaning it up, um, rearranging your takes, um, relabeling if, if you're just kind of just punching in and punching, mm. you know? So it, just, it, it does matter that you show that you're, you are invested and you do care about this. And it's not just, oh, it's just voiceover because TV and film take priority. And I can respect that, but also be mindful and respectful of your voiceover agent and of their time and their commitment to you. Of course, it's other people's jobs and time. I mean, I, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things that I, I wish that I could tell more people about. And it's the amount of work that goes into things like voiceover. I think it gets assumed that it's not as much work because it's not like the production value and the this and the that. And it's just like, it's false. <laughs> it gives you, I say, why not do it all? You know, if yes, I, I, I respect and I understand why your commitment is mostly to TV and film. I get mm -hmm. that and I respect that and I hold no grudge or anything about it, you know, but why not have your hands in all the pies that can generate income for you? And if you're going to do it, fun. try and do it to the best of your abilities. Yeah. Be respectful and be mindful of everyone's time because there's a lot of work that goes behind it that before that email hits your inbox yeah There's a lot of work we put into it and even by the time you return the audition um there's a lot of time phone calls and the whole nine yards that is invested before the producer or the casting director receives your audition so there's a lot of work that you guys are not privy to that happens behind you know we're not just sitting there looking pretty and just making <laughs> the phone calls and the emails there's a lot of work that goes into it and um well i can only speak for myself so you know i do edit i i will not send anything i haven't listened to because at that point my name is being stamped on it too when i send it out so i have to agree and and like your audition for me to send it out. Otherwise, I'm not sending it. I don't send everything that gets sent to me. There's some that I just didn't like. Um, and if you waited till the very last minute to send the, the project, I have deadlines too. And I have more than one, two, five projects going on at the same time. So the sooner you send it in, the sooner I can take a listen to it and provide feedback if there's feedback to be given. Great. Where do demo reels come into this whole shebang? Do you send those out sometimes before an audition comes in? Like, what do what do actors need to know about their voiceover demo reels? Um, it see, there I deal with the general market and with the Spanish market. With the mm -hmm. Spanish market, you must have one. You definitely have to have one because there's some projects, and it's a smaller market, so everybody knows each other more, and so they kind of know who's where and who can do what. Um, it is important to have a demo because then they can sample your work when it's a short deadline or they don't have time to cast and it's an emergency and they need to have someone, they need to book something tomorrow by 10 a.m. They don't have time to, to um, cast a project, so they request demos. So your demo does have to be current and it does have to uh, showcase your range of what you can do. Otherwise, if you sound like the same girl in all four spots, then you're not giving much. It's just more a chance to demonstrate what you can do 
Uh, with the general market, they don't request it as much as they do with Spanish market, but you know, it does come up. And then we also needed to put it on our website um, or to put in all these different casting websites because sometimes people are listening. You have no idea who's listening. So it's good to have right. a demo. How, how long should a good demo reel be? Under two minutes. Under two minutes. How many spots does that usually encompass? I think mine was three. Sometimes um, it just depends on, on the spot you put in. Sometimes you, you're at the beginning, at the end of a spot, so they crunch it. Sometimes you're just at the beginning of a spot. Um, so it just depends. It just has to be under two minutes. And what I would recommend is just um, having a demo that really showcases your range. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, showcases your range, you know, the youngest to the oldest that you can naturally sound without trying so hard to sound something that you're not. Because that, again, being voiceover, it's so vulnerable. You can see and you can hear when someone is kind of sidestepping. So it's just your natural range. But most of the time, it's like from the youngest to the oldest mm -hmm. um, or just not necessarily in age, but in feel and in vibe. Got it. Got it. Got it. Do, do a lot of actors update theirs often or no. do they like once, you know, it's interesting because with like a headshot and a reel, it feels like every couple months you got to do something to something. But uh, with a voiceover demo, what are your, how often do people usually update them for you? Um, they'll update it. Look, I have some actors that, that I have their demos from like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> And the good thing is that for the, for the most case, it's you're auditioning. So that, you know, I don't submit your demos, but then there is that one project that requests the demo. And if I know you sound older than that or just more mature than that, then it's kind of like I'll submit a voice sample. So I'll look um, back and see uh, based on what they're looking at. Um, I'll remember like, oh my God, you did a, a Old Navy spot and that's kind of the vibe that they're looking for. But that takes a lot of time for us to do. So it's in your best interest either to provide samples for your agent. Sometimes I will email like, hey, I need a voice sample. Um, this is what I'm working on and I need a voice sample. But then you need to send that ASAP. Got it. Um, so it's like have it on file basically. Yes, pretty much. Otherwise have a demo. And then I would have your demo if you have a demo. Um, I have my own database in my own computer where I have everyone's demo or, you know, little by little, I've saved samples, different samples of you. Um, so this one goes with what I'm working on or this other one works with what I'm working with. It just mm. depends. I'm so curious what samples you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, uh, how do you feel about actors recording their demos from home? No. Okay. You're <laughs> That was a hard and fast no. No, because you're not, you're, you're your own worst critic. Mm -hmm. And you need someone who's unbiased to listen and be able to say no. You know, otherwise you guys will record yourself sounding the same on all five spots or under two minutes and you sound the same. So when you have someone else looking into it, they can either rearrange those spots in a way that makes sense um, or um, they'll choose your best work. You guys are not, uh, are not, <laughs> you, you guys not are not our forte. <laughs> no, it's, you know, there's different ranges of actors. Some actors just think everything they do is great. <laughs> there's some God that, bless them. God bless them. I mean, look, whatever, you know, whatever gets you 
to, it's hard being in your spot, being so vulnerable and being so exposed and, and rejection is your everyday thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. Um, but no, you're not the best person to select your material. Yeah. Do you like to have discussions like, so say, which is actually, this is something I want to do in the next year. So like, I want to re-record my demo. Um, I want to tighten it up. I want to, like, I don't think I've done it in a couple of years. Um, would you say, great, I think that we should pull this material. And I think that uh, you should go to so-and-so. Like, how, how would you, how would you approach that? Um, I do like to have a meeting because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to see where your head is at. I want to see what you've been working on. I don't know what, what you're working on unless you tell me, you know, and it also helps pitch you. So sometimes I'm on the phone. Hey, I need your top two girls. Okay. I don't know what, what you've been working on. I don't know if you've been in a play. I don't know if you've been on a TV show that I can use to help pitch, you know? So I need to know all these things, Uh, a workshop you're taking, even if it doesn't apply to voiceover, just a workshop you're taking or, um, I don't know, play or anything that you're on, um, that helps because a lot of times, um, some don't share, oh, they can sing or, you know, I know most of my, I know who can sing in my roster, but a lot of times it's happened where, oh, I can do this. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that you didn't. I'm like, you never told me, how am I going to know? So it's, kind of like, you know, again, having that open communication with your agent, but yes, having a meeting and see where your head's at. Why do you want to get a demo? Um, is it in your best interest to get a demo? It just depends. Yeah. Um, and yes, and going through what, what are your strengths, what you should work on. Sometimes we'll have a meeting and be like, um, you know what, maybe you should take a workshop before you even consider getting a demo. Cause there's, there's an it factor still missing in your auditions that I know you can nail, but you're just not quite there yet right now. So right. take a workshop, then we'll regroup and then we'll see where you're at. And it's never, taking workshops is not a bad thing. It's not like uh, you suck. It's not me telling you you suck. It's just, you know, it's you have to polish your tools, you know, and just get more, more, it, it just broaden your skill set too. It's well, and not, that's, that's all we want sometimes, right? Is a little direction, like, having someone tell you, I think this would be great for you. Actors are like, oh, thank God. All I wanted is someone to tell me out of the hundreds of workshops I could choose for next month that this is something nice. You can also check in with your agent. I mean, look, yeah. a lot of those workshops don't come to us. It's more networked within the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we'll know of some. Um, so just checking in. I don't know what you're looking into unless you tell me. Um, I don't know if you're interested in workshops. I, what I do do is sometimes when a cool workshop lands on my inbox and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Then I'll share it with everybody in my roster. Yeah. And then I say, hey, this means nothing. But maybe if you're looking into some, into a workshop, maybe this is something for you. But I'm not like putting my stamp of approval or saying like, you must take this or else I'm going to drop you. No, that's not it. It's really <laughs> scary. You know, I feel like the more I share, the more it helps you too. Um, again, it's teamwork. Um, I help you, you help me. And there's a reason why the team shouldn't work if we both put our best foot forward. Let's talk a little bit about actors who don't have voiceover agents right now, because I think a lot of the things we're covering are really nice if you have someone to talk to about it. But I know there are a lot of actors, especially in the climate we're in. And uh, can you hear me okay? I think I'm breaking up a little. 
No, you're good. Okay, cool. Uh, in in what's going on right now, that they're trying to navigate this new space. I think there's going to be a lot of voiceover stuff happening. Um, so for actors who are unrepresented, uh, how do they go about getting seen by an agent? And do you think they need to have an agent to get started in this world? Yes. Especially okay. if you have a strong uh, theatrical resume. Yes, for sure. Um, look, right now with the pandemic, um, actors are not really generating income. Voiceover is the only way you can generate income right now. Otherwise, uh, if you have uh, spots running or TV shows running, then you get residual pay and that's, but nothing's being produced right now because the, the whole industry is at a standstill. But voiceover, it took a few weeks for it to kind of get into the lane we're in now. Mm -hmm. So right now, voiceover, I encourage, if you're interested in voiceover right now, you should probably get into it because um, that's the only uh, field in the entertainment industry that's still working. We're not working as we were before. It's still slow, um, but it's, you know, it, you get more and more projects every day. Um, we're not at where we were before this pandemic hit. But um, it's definitely creating opportunities where you guys can earn income. Yeah. So why not? If you're if you have a strong um, TV or movie, um, not a strong TV. If you have a strong uh, theatrical resume, that definitely helps. Oh um, great. That definitely helps. Otherwise, um, if you're just trying to get into it, if you're green green, like you don't know much and you're just kind of trying to get in, that's a whole different story. That, that you know, um, you have to learn technique, you need, you need workshops before you can, you know, if you're that green. But if you're an actor and you've been acting for a while and just voiceover is just an area you haven't tapped into, yeah, for sure, reach out to maybe your commercial agent, maybe your theatrical agent and ask if they have a voiceover department that they can connect you with or network through other actor friends and say, hey, do you have a voiceover agent? Uh, can you put us in contact? And then if and when they do uh, reach out to your voiceover agent, just make sure that they reference you. That way they kind of go on top instead of, we get hundreds of submissions. So yeah, that way you're, that. Just, you're just on top. But you know, then there's also actor friends that put you on the spot that you kind of don't want to recommend, but you don't want to be a jerk about it either so just, right. you can you know there's ways that you can deliver that message to your agent where you don't feel like your agent should feel pressure that you recommended somebody do you think they need a voiceover demo to get seen by a voiceover agent yes okay but if you have a strong theatrical resume no because then we can we have samples of your work we know what you can do Got it. So you would potentially like watch an actor's reel to hear them kind of a thing. Yes. Um, if I've seen enough of their work, yes. But also keep in mind that not only because you thrive in the theatrical world means you will be able to cross over to voiceover. There are some actors that are really good theatrically and for some reason can't do the, the crossover into voiceover. It's mm -hmm. interesting. It's really fascinating that um, not every, everyone can do voiceover. It's, um, I've seen actors in the booth that just can't do voiceover and they have great theatrical resumes, but they can't do voiceover. 
they can't function without being able to deliver a message with their body or with their face or you know other than their voice and it again it puts you in such a vulnerable vulnerable position that um it they're like they're kind of in the headlights they can't do it um it might take them a little longer to get there and others they just kind of bail out because they can't they can't do it do you think that there is specific equipment that people need, especially right now, to succeed in voiceover? Um, so I don't know what you guys use. Everyone uses different, and then your voice also helps with um, what works for you and what doesn't. It's play with it and see what works for you, and send samples as you're trying to get your studio or your home equipment going. Um, get what you can afford. You know, there's also a financial aspect of it that mm-hmm. I can't say, hey, get a get a snowball or get this or get that because it's there's a financial circumstance. Get what you can and then just check in with your agent and see, does this sound good? Does this sound good? Um, and then also be mindful of where you record. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a, a, a setup at home, you can go into your closet spread your clothes open and then just face your clothes um, that way the sound doesn't bounce off the walls or put a blanket over over your head or do a fort with pillows and then throw a blanket <laughs> that's what it. I like to do I like to do the fort <laughs> yeah some people do that some people get those like visors it's um you know back in the day when you used to test take and then so the next person wouldn't see your what you're writing yes it's called I, there's a thing so that you can get that and it has this sound thing on it where it won't pick up on on background noises. Oh, almost like those science boards. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I forget. There's a name for it. Um, and then, Or having that filter like the one you have on over your mic. Yes. I sometimes have not used this and I should have used it all along. I've learned a lot. It's a, what's it, it's a pop screen. Is that what it's called? Yes. A pop filter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And these mics are from Amazon. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. If if you're serious about taking on the voiceover world, you'll figure it out. You're not expected to have, like, top-of-the-line equipment from the start. No. But your quality needs to be good. Because, again, you're competing with people who've been doing voiceover for years and have a full-blown-out studio. Yeah. So the quality needs to be good. Otherwise, it takes away from your audition. And if you have a great audition and, and, and the quality is not great or your equipment's not great, it tanks your audition because I can't hear over the popping of the mic. I can't hear over the, the background noises. And then you just give up. You're like, no, this person's not invested in their voiceover. Why would I even invest more of my time editing their audition? Mm. I mean, we do edit, but, you know, it's, it goes hand in hand with who it is and what project we're working on. What do you think is the future of where we're at right now? Obviously you're working from home. I'm from home. You know, we're not probably going to be in a booth with each other for a while. What is, what are you seeing on your side that you think is kind of moving ahead with voiceover? Actors need to have source connect or um, yeah, you have to have source connect. Most importantly, um, you can't go to a studio. There's some studios that are opening up and it's just a one-man show. So, you know, you'll be directed into the, the booth by yourself and, you know, people are taking 
extra precautions for your safety and for their safety. But right now, um, we're getting projects and the actor needs to be Source Connect ready. Okay, and that, will you explain what Source Connect is? I'm not very techie. Okay. So um, I know it's, God, you're gonna hate me while I'm gonna hate myself here myself. I'm not a techie person. Um, what I understand, Source Connect is, um, it's a connection that links you to, let's say the producer. So mm -hmm. you guys can work together simultaneously from where you are and where they are, and then they can manipulate your audition and make it broadcast quality. Cool. Um, when you're recording your auditions from home, we, your, your submissions are not broadcast quality. They're just, you know, for them to hear you and be able to hire you um, and then bring you into a studio, but no one's being able to go to a studio. So you're, the content needs to be broadcast quality because then they can manipulate it and work with it to make the spot that they're working on. So what I know uh, from feedback I've gotten with from other actors, it's roughly 600 bucks a year. Okay. But there's a, a payment plan. So you can either do the 600 bucks up front for the year, or you can do a monthly uh, payment plan subscription, which is uh, roughly 36, $37 a month. And that was a part of a discussion when this all started, like I emailed you and I was like, I would be willing to get that if something went through. Are you, yeah, and that's kind of, I feel like you guys have been super cool about actors and knowing that's that. That's like, what I've been doing. So what I'm, um, I do encourage is do your research, look into the Source Connect, get familiar with it. Um, if you're going to, if, if it's something that you are able to do and you do want to do, then audition, even though you don't have Source Connect right now, but keep in mind the record dates mm -hmm. of the project you're submitting. Because let's say something books in two days and you submitted an audition, they're gonna book you within 24 hours, right? By the time a hold comes your way, you need to be Source Connect ready. Because when you book, so what I'm saying is, what I'm telling most of my actors is, if you are able to get on board with Source Connect, get it, but don't get it until you're placed on hold. Got it. That's great advice. Um, because you don't want to spend money, and I get it right now. Everyone's going through a financial situation, or we're going to go through a, a financial situation. So um, submit your audition if you are in a position to get Source Connect. Um, but don't get the source connect until you're placed on hold. That's what I've been recommending my uh, for my actors to do, and most of them have been doing that. So, you know, and then again, it's you have to have different conversations with with your actors because some book more than others. Yeah. So it's the ones that have campaigns, you know, those you're having a different conversation. They must have Source Connect ASAP, and most of mine do. And then there's some that work a few times out of the year, some that work once a year. You know, it's just, it's different conversations you have with people. Yeah. Um, it just depends on the, on your situation. Awesome. You mentioned uh, some workshops that you sometimes direct people to. Are there any certain ones that come to mind that you can name off for us? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, it's usually when they, when it, when, when um, it, they come to me, I read it, or sometimes an actor shares it with me. Cool. There's this network, oh, and I can't remember their name right now. I'm so bad with names. 
I'll forward it to you once I find it. And they okay, use advertised. Um, and usually it goes to the actor. It accidentally came to me once. And once in a while, I'll, and they have good uh, workshops. Um, shit, I don't, sorry, you can edit the cursing out. <laughs> oh, I don't. It's okay. It's encouraged. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember. I have you can to add it in. It. But they're, most of the ones I've gotten, they're good. And again, it's usually networked within actors. But what I do recommend is a casting director who's currently casting project is definitely someone you should look into having a workshop with. Because they know what they're talking about because they're casting right now. They didn't do casting jobs 10, 20 years ago. And this is not to discourage the ones that do do that. It's just um, I've found more, I found that the actors have benefited more from workshops of casting directors or producers or whomever is giving the, that are currently casting projects. Awesome. It's, it's been more and it's also a networking thing so it's yes you're learning but it's also networking because they're currently working on projects so you're getting one-on-one -on -one time with them or exposure to them so you know that's how they get to see what's out there also I love so that. that's good cool well I'm gonna wrap you up here because we're hitting about an hour um is there anything you want to leave us with in these quarantine times <laughs> find ways to stay sane and keep your um creative juices going you know find ways that maybe look at old auditions and take a listen and critique your own auditions uh work on stuff old if you're not getting any auditions absolutely check in with your agent um and see what's going on um it's, it's, you know, it's tough times right now. You know, it's unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. Is this going to change the industry moving forward? Absolutely. How? We don't know that yet. Uh, we don't even know when we're going to get out of quarantine. But I do feel that you should work, keep working on your craft, whatever that is. You know, watch, um, watch TV, watch commercials, you know, and see kind of what the trend is. Listen to radio uh, spots. Um, there's YouTube, you know, look at, like, if you get an audition for Honda, look at what Honda's been working on lately and kind of get a vibe of what they're looking, you know, do a research, do a homework before you submit an audition. Um, and don't get discouraged. If you're not getting that many auditions, there's not that many projects right now, but still work on your craft, you know, bounce off ideas or um, read old copy just to keep it going. Um, I don't know, just, do, do, do things that encourage it. Otherwise, you're kind of in a bubble. And I don't see how people um, are going to keep being uh, creative if you're not working on it. You know, it's you have to work on it. Otherwise, your mood will dictate your creativity too. So you know, just keep it going. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, Jazz, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast episode. Jasmine, thank you for taking time out of your schedule from home and from the pups. Um, I really love talking to you and I learned quite a bit on this episode. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. Thank you so much for sharing this podcast with a friend. You should screenshot it and put it on your Instagram story and tag me. That's what you should do. <laughs> 
Guys, I'm losing it. I got to close out. Thank you so, so much. This podcast was created and hosted by myself, Sam Valentine. Our theme song is by the magical Maggie Zabo. And I will talk to you next week.